Please pray with me. Spirit of God, you were poured out on us in our baptism. You dwell inside of us. You enrich us with your gifts. You sanctify us. You make us holy. You gave us the gift of faith and you sustain it each and every day, helping it to grow within us and, and to show in, in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts. As we consider the gifts you've given us now, these spiritual gifts, uh, open up our eyes uh, to what you've done for us uh, and what you want to do through us. Now be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit of God who belongs to you. So today is a special day here at Connect. We've had our preschoolers uh, come up and sing for us, and really they're singing for the Lord, and, and we get to, to kind of listen in. And uh, that was a joy for a number of different reasons. So great job, preschoolers. Thank you. Keep working on those songs and on your voices, and uh, we'll have you come sing for us again. Today uh, is also a special day, not only because of, of what's happening with the early childhood roundup, and we, we have a video we're going to show you in, in just a little bit about what happens down there, uh, but today we're also starting a, a new series here at Connect for, for four weeks called Give, where we're going to be looking at, at all that God gives to us so that we can give it to others and how God enables us to do that. So we're going to be talking next week about how God wants us to offer our time to him. Then we're going to be talking about how we, we share our resources uh, the week after that. And then we're going to close with, with how we are called to share our faith, to generously give the, the hope that we have to others. Uh, but as you've heard, today we're talking about spiritual gifts. So uh, preschoolers, tell your mom or somebody sitting next to you, what's the greatest gift you've ever received? What do you think? What's the greatest gift you've ever received? Maybe it was something you got for your birthday one time or, or Christmas or something like that. Maybe something that you were waiting for and asking for for a really, really long time. Gifts are really special, aren't they? Gifts are special because we wouldn't have them unless somebody cared enough about us to give them to us. Gifts are, are a demonstration of love from one person to another, and, and if they're done right, they bind us together. But what if they're not done right? What if they're not done properly? What if the gift that you receive is something that you already have or something you just don't want? Have you ever re-gifted something? Raise your hand if you're guilty. Be honest. Have you ever re-gifted something? I learned this week... Uh, from Dan Reinert, who teaches me most of the things I know, um, that the term re-gifting actually came from this episode of Seinfeld. Hey, I'd like to go to the Super Bowl. What, are you kidding? Here, two tickets. Have a good time. Damn, you didn't have to get me a thank you gift. I know, it's a label maker. Oh, is that a label maker? Yes, it is. I got it as a gift. It's a label baby junior. You know, those things make great gifts. I just got one of those for Tim Watley for Christmas. Tim Watley. Yeah, he sent you that one. One Tim Watley? No. My Tim Watley? The same. He sent it as a thank you for my Super Bowl tickets. He recycled this gift. He's a re-gifter. Are you even vaguely familiar with the concept of giving? Didn't he re-gift the label maker? Possibly. Well, if he can re-gift, why can't you de-gift? Well, here, take Watley's label maker. I don't want to see it again. 
this a label maker? I just came by to pick up my label maker. Uh, okay. You don't have the label maker, do you? Uh, no. I knew it! You're a re-gifter! Now, usually when you re-gift something, you're saying that that, that gift was either undesirable or at best it, w- it was a little redundant. When Emily and I were married, um, we registered for many, many things. You know, they give you that scanner gun, and I used it liberally. I, I'm pretty sure I even registered for a pack of gum, which I don't think anybody got us, which I was kind of disappointed about. But of all the things we registered for, we did not register for this. Um, if you can't see that, it says, give us this day our daily bread. And uh, it's a, a nice pewter, pewter, is it pewter? A nice something metal dish. And um, for the nine and a half years that we've been married, this has been a, a very useful gift, very practical. We keep our bread on this dish. It's been nice to have. The only problem is this is one of no less than four of these things that we received for our wedding. So what did we do? We re-gifted. We had a lot of friends getting married that same summer and in that next year, so every single one of them received a very nice brand new bread plate for their wedding from us. Now, it worked out really well for us, and if anyone who gave us one of these things ever came to visit, they would see sitting on our counter the bread plate that they gave us, as far as they knew, and uh, all would be well. Now, maybe I shouldn't have admitted that to you because we generally tend to look down on re-gifters, don't we? Kind of like Elaine there. You know, if you don't want the fruitcake, what makes you think that I'm going to want it, right? Um, the comedian Jim Gaffigan in one of his shows talks about how he's really glad the Statue of Liberty was beautiful because if it wasn't, we might have not wanted it. And, you know, it would have been terrible if France came to us and said, where's the Statue of Liberty? And we had to say, well, we re-gifted it. You know, Japan was having a birthday and... Mrs. Urbitis, you have to admit that was a great French accent, right? He's like, no, I do not have to admit that at all. Regifting is usually a bad thing. It goes against common courtesy, and it has a tendency to, to cheapen what we've received. But today, I want to put regifting in a different light than we're used to. Today, I want to talk about how God actually wants us to regift. Today, as we talk about the gifts that he bestows on us, I want to focus on the purpose of those gifts, the reason that God has given them to us. In a nutshell, here's the thing about spiritual gifts. They are gifts that God has given to us specifically so that we can give them to others. God gives to us so that God can give through us. Our spiritual gifts are not for ourselves. They are for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So as we start to flesh this out, one of the first questions I think we need to ask is, what are spiritual gifts? Now, there's actually a fair bit of of confusion out there as, as to what these things are, how they're supposed to be categorized and identified, and exactly what they mean. Are they special gifts that God gives to us only once we become Christians? Or are they kind of the natural talents and abilities that we've always had that that God wants to activate and use in a more spiritual way or something like that? Is there like a a set list somewhere that we can refer to and and try to follow? So let's start by looking at at our reading from 1 Corinthians 12. Um, In most English Bibles, you'll see that 
the heading of this section is uh, spiritual gifts. And in this section, Paul seems to provide a list of just what these things are. So starting in verse 8, he talks about all these different things. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, the the ability to distinguish between spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. So we seem to have a pretty solid list uh, from the very start. If we jump ahead a little further in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul adds on to it. He talks about serving as an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, doing miracles, healing, helping, administration, and I accidentally left off tongues here, but he repeats that again. So you can kind of already see some repeats there, a couple new ones. But wait, there's more. Does that sound kind of like an infomercial? If we jump to Romans chapter 12, where our key verse for this week comes to us from, uh, Paul adds, prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, acts of mercy. Then in Ephesians 4, he adds on apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And then in 1 Peter 4, we're told about speaking the oracles of God and serving by the strength that God supplies. Okay. Got all that? There you have them. Those are the spiritual gifts. So which ones do you have? Now, everything up there on the screen might seem a bit daunting to you, and perhaps you don't even know what half of it means. But I have good news. There are tools that have been designed to help you figure out where you fit in in all of this. Over the past few decades, really, especially, there, there have been all sorts of, of what are called spiritual gift inventories that have been made available to help people get a sense of the gifts that God has given to them. And as many of you might have heard already, we're encouraging everyone at St. Lawrence uh, to take part in one of these. So if you have a a pen or pencil with you, if you want to kind of type it into your smartphone, jot down this address. Uh, It's just bit.do slash gifts of the spirit. And that should take you to a a spiritual gifts inventory uh, that will ask you several questions. It takes about 10 minutes to complete. Um, And will help, help, help you have just a better idea of what, uh, what gifts you might have been given by the Lord uh, to use so that you can, can put them into use a little bit more. Once you've completed that, you'll get this graphical printout that looks something like this. Um, we'll kind of show you, you know, where along the, along the spectrum of each of these uh, you perhaps have some special gifts from the Lord. Now, if you would, for just a second, uh, take a close look at these. Look at all the categories. Kind of notice what's in there and Um, Maybe you can even start to think about, well, that kind of sounds like me. Oh, that's not me at all. Um, So kind of get an idea of what's up here. And then once you've had a chance to do that, let's go ahead and go back and compare these to our biblical list that we put together of the spiritual gifts. You notice a problem? The problem is that some of the things in our spiritual gifts inventory are not anywhere to be found in the biblical list and vice versa. You know, Paul worked with his hands building tents, but he apparently didn't consider skilled craftsmanship to be a spiritual gift. And what happened to to the miracles and the gifts of healing and, and speaking in tongues? What's going on here? How do we deal with this problem? Well, actually, there is only a problem if we misunderstand 
the point of the spiritual gifts inventory. And that only happens if we misunderstand the spiritual gifts as we're given them in the scriptures. Let's go ahead and go back to 1 Corinthians 12. Now we've looked at at the gifts that Paul lists here. That's the the first couple rows are are from 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, But let's back up uh, to the beginning of, of the reading that we heard a little bit earlier today. And uh, let's, let's just read all of this together. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So what's the point here? What, what is Paul really trying to say uh, in this section called spiritual gifts? Is it his intention to make a set list of a very limited number of spiritual gifts that the Spirit gives? Well, not at all, actually. If anything, we are led to understand that the listing of these gifts is not exhaustive, but illustrative. In other words, Paul's saying there are so many ways to serve the Lord and our brothers and sisters that the Spirit gives to us. Here are just a few examples, but keep in mind, Corinthians, that none of these are more important than the others. You see, the problem in Corinth wasn't that the people hadn't discovered or weren't using their spiritual gifts. They were using them for the wrong reasons, because they were using them for themselves and not for one another. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, Paul says. In other words, the gifts of the Spirit are meant to be re-gifted. The Spirit gives us these gifts so that we can give them away. They're not meant to be enumerated so that we can proudly go around and, and flaunt them or you know, tuck our results away after a brief and dispassionate analysis. They're meant to be put into service for our neighbor. Paul doesn't really care about the numbers and the kinds of spiritual gifts. And I think if he saw our spiritual gifts inventories today, he'd probably say something like, okay, sure, yeah, cool. Now put them to use. (laughs) Use them. Re-gift them. Because God has given you unique gifts for the sake of others. And so this is why Paul goes on in chapter 12 to talk about how we are the body of Christ. How each one of us has our own unique gifts and function, and are indispensable to the rest of us. So uh, preschoolers, can you show your mom or your dad or somebody sitting next to you where your eyes are? Can you show them your eyes? How about your toes? Where are your toes? Can you show them your toes? Did you know that every single part of your body God made? And that God loves every single part of your body? That every single part of your body is important? You know, that's how God looks at your body. And that's how he looks at us as as the church also. Each one of us is important. You know, the, the armpit is just as important as the kneecap. The pituitary gland is just as important as the heart. And so we don't rank our spiritual gifts against others. We don't try to attain the ones that we think are the best or the highest. And we aren't jealous of the gifts that are given to another. 
Instead, we recognize and then we exercise the gifts that God gives to us for the sake of others. You know, if God has allowed you to be particularly good at hospitality, then make sure that those sitting around you in church today and and living around you in life know how welcome they are and how much they are loved by Jesus and by you. If God has given you skills in teaching, look for ways to to share his story with others by leading a Bible study or or by volunteering at our Sunday school or, or in our early childhood center. If he's given you great artistic ability, put that gift into service for his sake and and for the sake of his church and his world. I read something this week that said, Our gifts are grounded in the unity of God and are given for the unity of the church. So notice, as he's talking about spiritual gifts, Paul actually mentions in these verses all three members of the Trinity. You've got the Spirit, the same Lord is referring to Jesus, and the same God is referring to the Father. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are are together in this. And it's kind of like Pastor Brandt in his sermon last week. He talked about biblical community. And he talked about how in the Holy Trinity, in God himself, there's there's unity and there's diversity. And it's the same with us. In God's people, in, in the body of Christ, there is both unity and there's diversity. Our spiritual gifts provide diversity within our unity, or or even better, our spiritual gifts provide diversity for the sake of our unity. And not only has God given us these diverse gifts so that we can be one with each other, he has given us an even greater gift so that we can be one with him. The greatest gift that God gives to us is himself. The greatest of all the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of the Spirit himself. Earlier we heard Jesus' words from John 14 where he promised to send us a helper, even the spirit of truth to be with us forever. And that was really neat that we, we all read that together. This spirit has come to us, was poured out on us in our baptism, and he daily and richly forgives all of our sins and sanctifies and unites the whole Christian church on earth. He is the giver of all the gifts that we've been talking about today. They all find their origin and their purpose in him. He is the one who calls us, gathers us together, enlightens us, and makes us holy. And he does that by constantly pointing us to Jesus. Today's Valentine's Day, a day that we celebrate love and and give gifts to one another. And there's no greater gift... And there is no greater love than what Jesus did for us when he gave his life on the cross freely. Just a free act of love for you and for me. And because, the Je- because Jesus did that, we have unity with God and with one another. It's the Holy Spirit's job to remind us of that constantly. Through God's word, through his sacraments that he gives us. 